Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 18th of August. The Taliban has fronted the media overnight for the first time since seizing power in Afghanistan. A spokesperson at the press conference promised to not harbour al-Qaeda terrorists, to secure a future for Afghanistan and to respect women's rights. Women will be afforded all their rights, uh, whether it is in work or other activities, because women are a key part of society and uh, we are guaranteeing all their rights within the limits of Islam. Meantime, unrest continues as thousands still try to flee the troubled country. We are yet to learn exactly how our federal government plans to evacuate allies and the 130 Australian citizens that are still in Afghanistan. Back home, and despite eight weeks of COVID restrictions across New South Wales, case numbers are not stabilising. The Premier admitting numbers will continue to bounce around and may even increase. The state yesterday recording another death and 452 new cases. Gladys Berejiklian says young, unvaccinated people are the source of a concerning increase in transmission. I can say that in the last 24 hours, 75% of our cases in New South Wales were people under 40. And that's why those extra jabs that we've received from the Commonwealth will be put straight into the arms of 16 to 39-year-olds in those local government areas of concern. To regional New South Wales, where COVID case numbers also continue to increase, the outbreak in the west of the state now stands at 116 after 16 new cases yesterday in Dubbo, two in Burke and one in Broken Hill. To Victoria and contact tracers are still struggling to link a handful of mystery cases. There were 24 new COVID cases in the state yesterday, three aren't linked and 10 were in the community while infectious. Here is Victorian Health Minister Kate Mason. We are concerned that there are cases here that we do not yet know about. These cases got the virus from somewhere. The virus is circulating in those geographic areas of Melbourne. If you look at the exposure site map on our website, you can see 50-odd exposure sites running from South Melbourne down the bay down to Brighton. Meantime, Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton has justified the decision to close playgrounds. It comes as a local skate park was listed overnight as an exposure site after a positive case attended for an hour on Saturday. We've seen child-to-child transmission throughout this outbreak in schools, in other circumstances. It happens very quickly in households between children and we are investigating a potential transmission in a playground. It's not definitive and maybe we'll not be able to make it definitive but it looks like there's been transmission and New Zealand has announced overnight it will go into a snap three-day nationwide lockdown from midnight tonight after a mystery COVID case. Here is Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Delta is serious and we have every reason to believe this is likely to be the Delta variant. And we can see from around the world that it is a game changer. So that means that we need to respond to that. That is why we are going hard and early. And some good news on the vaccine front, with Australia yesterday reaching an important milestone with 200 doses administered a minute. More than 10 million Australians have now had their first jab, while nearly 280,000 people were vaccinated on Monday alone, the highest daily number yet. 
now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we return to New South Wales and the state's healthcare system is struggling to cope with the ongoing COVID crisis with urgent calls for more support. It's been revealed up to 13 ambulances were forced to wait for hours with COVID patients at Westmead Hospital. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, the Ambulance Union is calling for paramedics and frontline workers to get more support, also calling for an increase in hospital capacity, revealing the impact of the current COVID crisis on staff and patients. The Australian Paramedics Association of New South Wales says they have examples of confirmed cases who need medical attention waiting outside hospital for hours, with one Westmead Hospital patient x-rayed while sitting in the ambulance bay earlier this week. PA has made a request in writing to New South Wales Health and New South Wales Ambulance for immediate action. And to Queensland and the state government is looking to the future, shifting its ECA public holiday to late October after COVID lockdowns cancelled the famous show. As Brisbane reporter David Shiraz explains, it's being touted as a reward for those who have done the right thing during recent stay-at-home orders. Good morning, Tash. That's right. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk yesterday praising Queenslanders for following health orders this month and then pivoted to the long weekend late in October. It's their reward for staying home with mask restrictions also due to ease this weekend. Now, the day off is usually staggered across the Echo Week by local government areas, with the People's Day usually held on Wednesday here in Brizzy. It's hoped by holding the day on a Friday, Queenslanders will take the chance to book a long weekend holiday. Now, for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. Another buy now, pay later platform has hit the market. Uh, yes, it uh, arrived this morning, and it's from Australia's biggest bank, the Commonwealth Bank. It did announce it back in March, but it actually launches right now. And um, since it made an announcement, about 86,000 of its customers have already pre-registered to Tash. It's called the Step Pay, and the bank says uh, all up, there's probably around 4 million of its customers customers that would be eligible to have the product if they wanted to because essentially it's already vetted them to see if they could cover the repayments. Now while the product does sound similar to the market leader afterpay platform it could actually give it a run for its money. Um, First up the Commonwealth Bank customers can use it anywhere, anywhere that MasterCard is accepted. So essentially CBA users will be able to, you know, tap and snap up just about anything from the value of $100 to $1,000. And CBA will also undercut Afterpay when it comes to merchant fees. Afterpay charges retails about 4% of the cost of goods cops sold, but the Commonwealth Bank says that uh, it won't charge them any more than the current transaction cost to accept the instalment payments. The big game changer for me, Tash, is that it's going to treat it like a credit card. But of course, Mm. this market is still unregulated. It will do a credit check, uh, the CBA. Not all of them do. So I guess that's a plus. For me, the problem is this. I mean, ASIC has already said customers, you know, one in five miss payments. It does apply a $10 late payment fee. So take care here. The market is saturated. Make sure you can afford this and understand it is technically still a loan. And I love this story, Effie, why it may pay to lose your money. Lost bank accounts can earn more in interest than bank accounts that aren't lost. I know. Go figure. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) The interest rate earned on a lost bank account at the end of the financial year that just rocked up was 2.13%. 
Now, you'd be lucky to get half of that, Tash, if you knew where you had your money in a, exactly. a, say, a saver account. I get Ken's to crunch the numbers. And let's say you lost $1,000. So $1,000 was sitting in unclaimed money. You would have earned $22.74 in interest last financial year on that money, as opposed to just $8.19 if it was tucked away safely in a bonus saver account, earning the average interest rate. Now, it doesn't make sense, but that's what is happening. Um, and a, a, a bank account is considered lost if you haven't used it in seven years and it contains a balance of $500 or more. It's worth getting onto the Money Smart website to see if money is owing to you because there's about $1.5 million sitting in government coffers as unclaimed money. And also, there's plenty of lost super too. It was only recently announced that the ATO is holding about $5.2 million unclaimed super accounts worth a staggering $3.6 billion. Now, while you're not earning, uh, getting charged any fees on that money while it sits with the ATO, you're not earning that great return that super funds have had. So maybe check out and see if you've got any lost super. Head to my.gov.au. Great advice as always. Thanks so much, Effie. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett Cronulla has given an update on the health of Andrew Fafita. Yes, good morning, Tash. And the Sharks expect that he will make a full recovery from that life-threatening throat injury. Uh, the Sharks veteran, as we mentioned yesterday, was placed into an induced coma before having surgery on a fractured larynx. Very nasty. He will remain in intensive care for the short term and then uh, the rest of his stay in hospital to recover from that injury. And the NRL has cleared uh, Knights players of any wrongdoing from the incident that caused that injury. Now, on Newcastle, some big news out of there yesterday is that Connor Watson is leaving to join the Roosters. It did blind signed some of his uh, teammates. Uh, Caelan Ponga is one of his best friends at uh, the club and spoke about his departure and says he has some mixed emotions about it. I'm happy for him. Obviously, it's a great opportunity for you know his footy and for him to grow and, and get better, I guess. But at the same time, I'm filthy. You know, my, my best mate the last three years, you know, we've spoken about things we want to do with this club and unfortunately, we won't be able to do that. And not the only departure in the NRL either. Moses Mbai is moving from the Tigers to the Dragons. Got a release from the final year of his deal with the Tigers. And Brett, Eddie Betts has delivered a message to the AFL about racism during his retirement press conference. Yeah, he's vowed to keep working to make the AFL safer for Indigenous players post-retirement. He will hang up the boots at the end of the season. He played for the Crows and two stints at the Blues over 17 decorated seasons. He says, sadly, the game still has issues with racism and that needs to change. I don't feel like a safe at the moment. I honestly don't. I, I, I feel... Like, there's still a lot of racism, and this year there has been a lot of racism, and it's been draining, and it's been tiring. And, of course, one of those involving his former teammate, Taylor Walker, just on some other AFL news, uh, the AFL will do everything in its power to hold the grand final in front of a crowd this year. The Herald Sun reports that includes postponing the biggest day in the footy calendar by a week if there's a COVID outbreak in the lead-up. Perth's Optus Stadium is the current favourite to host, but a decision will be held off until it becomes crystal clear that a crowd won't be allowed into the MCG where they have... uh, a decades-long contract, so we'll wait and see what happens there, but we might have to wait. And, Brett, the T20 World Cup schedule, it's been released. It has, yes, and let's talk about uh, who Australia will play. Now, this will be held in late October through to November in the UAE and Oman. This was, of course, postponed by a year, so we begin again South Africa. Five days later, we've got a qualifier. Then we've got England, the West Indies, and then another qualifier as well. So still uh, a couple of teams we, we need to find out who we will be facing at the T20 World Cup later in the year. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. 
And more than 100 Australian Olympians have finally been reunited with their loved ones after the Tokyo Games. Australia's most decorated Olympian, Emma McKeon, was welcomed home with open arms by her family in Wollongong, south of Sydney. Here's Emma's very proud mum, Susie McKeon. We've been looking forward to this day, certainly since um, the swimming finished, her her getting her home and it's, yeah, it's just, need to spend some time with her and look through all her stuff and just, yeah, we're just so proud to have her home. Well done in that audio, thanks to Channel 7. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.